Here we are, now, with another episode of the Andrew Lake Podcast. My name is Dosta, and in fact it's a neo-sannyasin name, this name Dosta. I got it as a sannyasin, which is exactly what I'd like to talk about today. I'd like to answer this question, what is a neo-sannyasin? And if you've heard my episode, My Name is Dosta, and Here's What Happened, I shared a little bit about my story and my personal experiences with becoming a sannyasin, or taking sannyas, as they say. And of course, in that episode, we didn't talk too much about the actual philosophy or the idea or the attitude or the theoretical stuff about neo-sannyasin-ism. I don't know if it's really an ism, something something about me that doesn't want to put an ism in there. And that's something we'll address here today in this conversation as we answer this question, what is a neo-sannyasin? And of course we relate this to Osho, that old rascal, the Indian guru, the master of masters, the cultural phenomenon. What can we say about Osho? (laughs) And this word Neo, N-E-O, there's... It's a prefix. It's used in a lot of different contexts. And I'm most often reminded of this man, this acquaintance that I had. I don't know if he's really a friend. He's a man I knew who was a jazz musician. Still working jazz musician, I believe. In Sydney, Australia. And he started a band and he had an album. And he called it the Neo Bop Quintet. It was the Abel Cross Neo-Bop Quintet. So his name was Abel Cross and he was a bass player. He is a bass player. Now, bop or bebop jazz was a style of jazz that was formulated or came into existence around the late 1930s to the mid-1940s or thereabouts. And it was a stylistic form of jazz which had its own characteristics. And now here, this album, the Neo-Bop Quintet by Abel Cross, was released more than half a century later. And he's put this Neo in front of the bop, suggesting that it's something of the old, it's something of the tradition, it's something from way back yonder, but somehow it's also new. Somehow it's got a modern spin on it. Now, neo in itself is from the Greek word neos, meaning young, fresh, new, something like this. So it's new bebop is this jazz album, as opposed to traditional bebop. 
So that's an example of what this word neo means, and we find it also here in this neo-sannyasin term. Because there is a traditional definition of this word sannyasin. It's a Sanskrit word, and it comes from yogic traditions, or a, a, some forms are like in the orthodox Hinduism. So religious, ancient religions, traditions, you find this word sannyas. And in the yogic philosophy, there are certain stages of life. There are four stages. One is the brahmancharya, which is the student. Another is the grishhatha, which is the householder. So this would be the family man. And another is the vanapratha, which is partially retired. And then there is the sannyas, which is fully retired. So this is later in life and withdrawing from the world. So the student is learning. The student is young. The student is coming into the world, finding things. The householder is the worker, the family man. He has a relationship. He has a wife. Now, traditionally, this is all related to the man, but it's also available to the women. And then when you're partially retired, in that third stage of vanapratha, don't know really how to pronounce it very well. My Sanskrit pronunciation could use some work. But at stage three, it's you're partially retired, is you no longer have too much responsibilities from the family, and you can spend time doing more of the things that you'd like to do. And then sannyas is the final stage in old age, sort of like a monk. If you think of a monk who shaves his head and goes off to live in the monastery, and you never hear from him again, that's sort of a traditional sannyas. He eats very simply, he doesn't have activities, he doesn't have worldly possessions, he lives in the monastery, he doesn't have relations. And the whole point of that was to turn to God, to find an existential truth, to find that which is beyond the material world. And that's a traditional definition of this word sannyas. So when we have neo-sannyas, well, we have something that's new, something that's vibrant, something that's old but got a new spin on it. And there is a difference between sannyas when Osho was alive and sannyas now. So even within this definition that Osho has made, there are differences at different times. Now, I've read a lot about Osho. I've heard a lot of things. And I've heard a lot of crazy stories about the people he came into contact with and how he related to people and the sort of reactions people had when they encountered this man. All sorts of crazy stories. And one of the things he would do is he would say, well, you should become a sannyasin. You should become my sannyasin. Now, 
Now, when he's in the body, when he was alive. Now, when I say he was in the body, we there's another tangent there, which is to say, well, any anyone who's familiar with Osho's work and his philosophy and what is going on, they usually don't say he was alive or dead. It's a manner of speaking, and they say he was in the body, he is no longer in the body. And the reason they say that is because there's still something of him available, even though he is dead. And you can say, well, he's dead, he's gone. I don't believe in life after death. I don't believe in transcendent spirits. Maybe your sceptical mind is thinking that. And I can say, well, you can read his book, can't you? You can listen to his talk, can't you? You can hear his voices on the recordings. You can see photos of him. So at least at least part of him is available to, to you in at least some way. And that there is a line of inquiry. That is a scale. That is a rabbit hole which you can delve into and discover that actually he's all available to you. He's fully available. And is it only him that's available to you? Why aren't other people available to you? Well, that depends on you. How open are you? Are you ready to receive other people? Are you listening to me right now? Can you hear these words right now? Are they really making an effect? Are they actually going in? I'm alive. I'm in my body. I'm in the body, <laughs> as we would say. And yet still I might not be available to you. There might be some distractions going on. Well, maybe if, maybe in the best case scenario there are some distractions going on. Worst case scenario, you've already tuned out and no one's hearing this at all. <laughs> but this difference, when Osho was in the body and he was going around and he was having these interactions with people and saying, you should become a sannyasin, that meant something to him personally. It was personal. It was opening up to him in a certain way. And I get the impression that it was a very significant and powerful, life-changing, monumental moment when someone would take sannyas with Osho. From the stories that I've heard, I've got the impression that it's very serious. And not serious in a dark sort of serious name, but serious sort of way, but a serious in a powerful and moving way. It's a step into the unknown where you can't really know what your relationship will be with this man once you do this. You know it will change. You know how you feel with this man. And having this man in your life, you have, you have some sense that something will happen. You know it will change in some way but you can't know how. And not all people were willing to open to become a sannyasin. And many people resisted, many people didn't, many people hesitated. And even that was something that Osho 
directly drew our attention to, drew people's attentions to, which is to be spontaneous, to take a leap, the leap of faith, the leap of trust. Would you trust this man? Would you allow this man to guide you, to be with you? Would you allow this man to have a connection with you? And there really is a lot of guts in a man like that. For anyone, for anyone, it's rare. It's rare to stand up and say, follow me. If you follow me, I can guarantee great things will come. I can guarantee things will open up for you. I can show you the way. Follow me, and I can rid you of your neuroses, your pains, your darkness. Now, it's not exactly that here's the trade, follow me and you get this. It's not that black and white. And even in the religious figures and the leaders of our times or throughout human history, it's never been that black and white. More often it's been a question of saying, follow me, I can't tell you what you'll find, but you'll have to trust. And often you can't explain exactly what's coming, because to the person who isn't trusting, to the person who isn't following, to the person who isn't committed, to the person who isn't open, they can't understand what's coming. It's just not right for them. They just don't have the ability. It's not in their realm of understanding. It's not in their it's not even in the realm of their wildest imagination. So this leap of trust and the guts of this man to say, follow me. It's really something to behold. It's really something quite rare. And ask yourself, would you really want that responsibility? Would you really want to say to someone, follow me, take my advice, be like me, learn from me, or even just be with me? Take from me what I am like. Be around me so that my essence, my fragrance can float off and you can sniff it. Can you smell me? Do you want to be around my smell? Can you imagine saying that to someone? You'd want to make sure you smell like roses, so the metaphor goes. So it takes a lot of guts, and there's been very few people in human history that have pulled off this notion of standing up and saying, hey, follow me. But Osho addressed this head on, and he had the guts, and he was really, this was his thing to say, become a sannyasin. And he had good cause for it. He had a reason for it. Because when you know you know, then there's no reason not to try and help other people to know. 
once you find something so deep and so true to you, it doesn't matter who believes it or not, or who can get it or not. And Osho went deeper than so many. You and me both, deeper than we'll ever get, maybe. So when he was walking around and meeting people on his travels and saying, take sannyas, become a sannyasin, that was entering into a personal relationship with him. And he would give you a name. And it would be a ceremony with him. And something would happen with your relationship with him. And he had this new definition of sannyas, which was not like the orthodox Hinduism or yogic, yogic traditions. He, in essence, turned the definition of the word sannyas up on its head. Because his sannyasins would still have families. They'd still have girlfriends. They'd still have jobs. They'd still enjoy a drink. They'd still go to parties. They'd still dance. They'd still be in the world. And he had this concept or this word, this phrase which he used called Zorba the Buddha. Zorba is this character, this Greek personification of the spirit of life, the dancing life, the sensual pleasures, almost like a hedonism, almost like a pleasure yourself, raw titillation sort of excitement character. And this Zorba the Buddha is... Well, the Buddhist, the Buddhism, the Buddha of sitting silently and opening to existence and meditating. Well, this is the juxtaposition of those two lifestyles. The life of Zorba and the life of the Buddha. So a sannyasin for Osho was this combination between being in the world and enjoying the pleasures of the world, but also having a meditative practice, having an awareness, having an openness to consciousness. So there are people who would say, this is what and sannyasin is, and this is not. Just in the same way that there are a whole bunch of people that say, well, this is what Christianity is, and what those people are doing is not. Well, we call them the Protestants. And then the other group that's saying, well, no, they're not actually doing it right. We're doing it right. We call them the Catholics. And the Catholics and the Protestants never really did get along too much. I never could really agree. And we don't see it on the scale that large with Osho and Sinyas and this term. But there are always divisions. There are always people who have their own definitions and their own ideas of the tradition. Especially the people who actually did take Sinyas with Osho when he was in the body, when he was alive. And there still are people alive. 
who had that experience. Now, when Osho was leaving the body, his teaching style changed. (laughs) In a manner of speaking, his approach changed. So I'd like to read from the website neosanyas.org and this is a description and there are some Osho quotes in there about what Osho was saying to people taking sanyas without him knowing them personally. And it says, Now, Sannyas is available to anyone who chooses to make the decision to live life in its totality, but with an absolute condition, categorical condition, and that condition is awareness, meditation. As Osho describes sannyas, they can now do so without the involvement of anyone else. This respects the individual and his or her freedom and choice. It is your decision. Always remember, whatsoever happens here is your decision. If you are a sannyasin, it is your decision. If you drop sannyas, it is your decision. If you take it again, it is your decision. I leave everything to you. As Osho describes it, The sannyas movement simply means the movement of the seekers of truth. And that a movement is a flux. That's the meaning of movement. It's moving. It is growing. As part of that movement, and out of respect for Osho's efforts, I have been working hard to abandon everything that is outer so that only the inner remains for for you to explore. We are making this process as simple and individual as possible. In this context, Osho points out, their meditation is their own personal affair, and that by its, but it is going to be individual alone. He will be responsible himself. It is not going to be a collectivity, a congregation. And finally, as Osho explains, the sannyas movement is not mine. It is not yours. It was here when I was not here. It will be here when I will not be here. The sannyas movement simply means the movement of the seekers of truth. They have always been here. If you are such a seeker, you can now go ahead and complete the process of confirming for yourself that you are indeed a sannyasin without anyone else's assistance. If you are such a seeker, enjoy. So that's from the website. I'll put a link somewhere for you so you can find it easily. And I really like this because it really takes it away from the the man Osho, the human Osho. And it really puts it into something larger than life, larger than him. And it's also not a movement as a green meme, pluralistic, we need to fight for everyone's equal rights sort of revolution movement. 
because it's not a collectivity. It's all put back to the individual. It's all put back to you. It's all up to you. And it's really just a, an excuse to say, hey, this is my life. Hey, I'm taking my life back for myself. Hey, I'm taking responsibility. Hey, I'm going to do the things that I want to do and live the way that I want to live and step up. Now, it's not only a motivational thing. It's not just a get you up and get you active sort of thing. It's also a sincere thing. And he uses this word a lot, which is totality, to live with totality. That's really one of the buzzwords of Osho. If you ever hear people talking about Osho or you read his books, then there's always this buzzword totality coming up. And taking sannyas is really an opportunity to remind yourself to live with totality, to come back again and again. Now, there's a lot on this website, and I'll read a little bit more because it really illustrates how it is for Osho and for us and for the people who didn't know him personally to talk about sannyas and what it means. And there's a really a lot to say, uh, say about it. There's a lot of different angles that it comes up. Now, even within Osho's lifetime, he spoke about it in many different ways. So let me read some more. This is a quote from a series of talks called Krishna, the man and his philosophy. And this is talk number 22. In the past, sannyas was much handicapped by the concept of lifelong sannyas. Once a sannyasin, always a sannyasin. We closed the gate of society forever once one entered sannyas. Maybe a person takes sannyas in a particular state of mind, and after some time, when he finds himself in a different state of mind, wants to return to the world, but he cannot do so because the house of sannyas has only an entrance. It has no exit at all. You can enter sannyas, but once you are in it, you cannot leave. And this single rule has turned sannyas into a prison. Even heaven will turn into hell if there is no exit. You can say that sannyas has had no hard and fast rule like this. That is true. But the fact that society looks down upon one who leaves sannyas is a stronger prohibition than any rule. We have an ingenious device to prevent a sannyasin from going back to the world again. When someone takes sannyas, we make a big event of it, give him a farewell with great fanfare with a band and flowers and eulogies. The poor sannyasin does not know that this is a clever way to say goodbye to him forever. He is not aware that 
If ever he returns to society, he will be received by the same people with sticks instead of flowers. This is a very dangerous convention. Because of it, any number of people are prevented from participating in the great bliss that sannyas can bring them. It becomes too difficult for them to make a decision for lifelong sannyas, which is indeed a very hard decision. Besides, we don't have the right to commit ourselves to anything for our whole lives. In my vision, short-term sannyas is the right way. You can leave it at any time you like, because it is you who take it. It is your decision. No one else can decide for you. Sannyas is entirely a personal, individual choice. Others don't matter in any way. I am free to take sannyas today and leave it tomorrow, provided I don't expect any reward for it from others in the form of their praise or alchemation. So he's talking here about the traditional sannyas, the yogic philosophy sannyas. And this is his way of changing it. In, in this short passage, passage, he's redefined it. He's shown that there's a difference between a sannyas traditionally, a sannyasin traditional, and a neo-sannyasin, or a sannyasin with Osho in his time. And I really like this. It's, it is personal. And he puts it back again to the individual. And you can say, well, what does sannyas mean to you? What does it mean for your experience? And he talks about this thing, bliss, the great bliss that sannyas can bring. Do you know what bliss is? Is it a regular occurrence for you? Is it something that you can associate with your sense of identity, your sense of being, and your relationship to other people, your relationship to yourself? So there's a lot to it. There's a whole range of ins and outs of what sannyas means. And really, with these back and forths of is it serious or is it not? Is it a big step or is it not? Or is it permanent or is it not? After all, it's really about what does it mean to you? And it does mean something. It is going to mean something. That's the mysterious thing because if you just say, oh, oh, I'm just going to take sannyas, I'm just going to be an Osho sannyasin, then immediately, if you, as soon as you start to tell yourself that, something will happen. Something will open up. Something will change. So it's not easy in the sense that it's meaningless. And it's not meaningful in the sense that it's 
dramatically constricting. It's really just an open exploration of different things, different experiences. And those experiences you can't know until you take the jump. It's something totally new, something totally unknown. And for me personally, I was having many of these experiences. I was opening up to all sorts of emotional and existential and relational things. And I was in this community. I was in this place and I'd been learning about this guru, Osho, for many months. And it reached a certain point where I just, it was a no-brainer. Look, I have to be a sannyasin. I have to say I'm a neo-sannyasin. And another way of looking at that is, well, you can remove the personal. You can say, well, I went to a meditation resort for 10 months and I learnt meditation and I did the meditations and they were invented by some guy who lived long ago and I forgot his name but I just did the meditations and I was in the community and I made a whole bunch of friends and a whole bunch of things happened and so now because of that I just think well I feel like a new me I feel like a new man and when I was there I got this nickname this nickname is Dosta, and I quite like this nickname. So, if you could call me Dosta, and if you ask why, then I say, well, it's a nickname that I got from when I was staying at a resort, learning meditation, then that's that. And that's a side of sannyas which has nothing to do with Osho. It's completely removed the man, even completely removed his philosophy. I don't need to say anything about totality or commitment or even meditation, really. So it can mean many things. I'm sure everyone has their own story. Everyone has their own moment. And lots of people resist. Lots of people are afraid. I don't want to be a follower. I don't want to be a sheep. I don't want to be a part of the crowd. I don't want to be associated with some eccentric guru who has all these controversies around him. Now, in Osho's day, there was, uh, there was an actual cultural pressure because not only if you were an Osho follower, there was a certain point where you had to wear orange. So the, the traditional dress in some traditions for a sannyasin is this bright orange gown or robe to signify it. So in Indian culture, the orange means sacrifice or renunciation. So there was a period where Osho was having these sannyasins dress in the traditional sannyasin wear, which meant that if someone was to take sannyas, they couldn't hide it. They couldn't hide it from their family. They couldn't hide it when they walked down the street. And if it was in the town where Osho was, if it was in Pune, or wherever he was, 
then people would definitely make the connection. They'd say, oh, this is an Osho sannyasin. This man is an Osho follower. And the controversy in his time, the cultural shock, the dynamite, the explosions that he was causing with his words, with his philosophies, were not always looked upon so nicely. Controversy is dramatic. And it's one thing to sit here in our cosy, safe and comfortable chairs 30, 40, 50 years later and to say, oh, isn't it cute that we can be neo-sannyasins and we can be Osho followers? That's very different to being in the thick of the controversy and the cultural revolution, the drama, the sparks. Some people might actually feel for their safety. There was a time when sannyasins would have to take certain precautions, take certain transport, travel at certain times of day, travel in groups. And a lot of their relationships were broken. There are a lot of broken relationships. So that's a bit of the background history that I've got a few rumors from. And if you talk to these old sannyasins or you read some of these old books, and there's a whole lot of stories surrounding that period in Osho's time. So I'd like to read some more. And this is a beautiful quote from The Path of Love. This is a series that Osho gave on Kabir. So it's Osho on the Songs of Kabir. And he's done quite a few different lectures on Kabir. And I love them so much. They're just so juicy. Some of my favorites. So this one is published in the book, The Path of Love. And I got given this book, actually, when I did the course, The Path of Love. And I talked about that in my episode, My Name is Dosta, a little bit. And there will be a book coming. I'm working on a book, an audio book of my experiences at the Osho International Meditation Resort. And that will be a narrative. That will be an extended, lengthy narrative, which has so many adventures. So, this book, The Path of Love, I'd like to read. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll read, I'll read it quite a bit because it's, it's quite funny. I hope you enjoy it. He's sitting with his sannyasins and they're asking him questions. So, they're all sitting around and this guy stands up and he says this. Osho, you crafty old bugger. Will I ever learn your ways? And Osho says, There is no possibility, sir, because I have none. I am the way. If you see through me, through and through, only then you will find. If you listen to my words, 
and that's what you are doing. The questioner is not a sannyasin. If you are just standing outside me, to become a sannyasin means to stand inside me, to become part of my family, to belong to me. I am the way. I am not preaching some way to you. I am simply preaching myself. I am not giving you some method, some way, handing over some technique to you. And if you are trying to figure it out, you will become more and more confused. I can drive you crazy. Either be a sannyasin or escape. If you are a sannyasin, then your madness has a method to it. If you are not a sannyasin, then you will become more and more confused. You will become mad without a method. And when you have become too confused, if you escape from here, that won't help. I will go on haunting you. You will ask, will I ever learn your ways? There is no possibility, sir. It is impossible, because there are no ways that I am preaching here. In fact, I am destroying all ways. I am trying to take all ways from you. Here, my whole effort is to create anarchy in you, chaos, because your ways are hindrances to God. When you are in an archaic state, not knowing who you are, not knowing where you are going, not knowing what is what, that is beautiful chaos. Freedom exists. Only in that freedom is God possible. I am trying to create a space here, not a way. I am not making a superhighway so people can follow on it. No, I am throwing you into the wild where no map exists, and I am not going to give you any guide. Here I am not teaching you a certain doctrine. No, not at all. I am trying to take away all the doctrines that you have already learned. Here I am trying to help you unlearn, to unlearn the ways so that the way can exist. And the way is not one of the ways. The way has nothing to do with your choice, or with your mind, or with your reason, or with your logic. When you are completely at a loss, the way exists. God exists. Here, it is not a question of any theology. It is a question of love. If you stand outside like a spectator, an observer, you will get something. But that will not be the true thing. And you will get it in a very fragmentary way. And you will get it according to you. And you cannot get me according to you. Remember, make it a point. You can get me only according to me, not according to you. That is the meaning of becoming a sannyasin. That you say, okay, now we will take you as you are, according to you. If you take me according to yourself, that will be simply a misunderstanding. Then we are poles apart.
So it's words like that (laughs) where I start to see why so many people fell for this man's shenanigans. And I think there are only good intentions there, really. I have only wonderful things to share about my experiences of learning from someone, from being open to someone, from being able to listen. And of course, Osho is not my only... He's not the only one for me. I still have many that I admire. Ken Wilbur is another one of those. I feel so grateful to Ken Wilbur and his work. I will always be a deep admirer of Ken Wilbur and his work. Well, I can't say always. Of course, never say never. But I put Ken Wilbur in the same, well, I can't say category because they're not categories. They both have a, 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 a beautiful place in my heart for the work that they've done. And there are others too. But when it comes to Osho, then it was my decision and my choice to be a neo-sannyasin and... I went through the process, I got my name, my name was given to me by a friend, and she was a old sannyasin, she knew Osho when, she, when he was in the body, and met him personally, and it was a process, and there was a ceremony, and there was some, <laughs> well, I won't say too much about the ceremony, there was, there, was some bad, there was some bad music, and there was some meditation, and there was some Osho quotes played from the played over the speakers, and that's what happened. But some people get a lot more out of it. I mean, there have been... I mean, that ceremony, I've been involved with the music in it as well, and I've seen it in many different forms with many different energies. So, I mean, a ceremony is a ceremony. It's just a... It's just a course of actions to signify something, really, like a symbol... It's more like a yeah I mean what I mean how else can you say that a ceremony is a ceremony it's not it, it means something but it's not the essence of it a ceremony is just a, a a simple expression of something much larger and deeper so I don't know if you really need a ceremony I mean if I I would recommend it if you're going to take sannyas but really that's up to you it's all up to you and I'm not here to convert anyone. I'm not here to say everyone should be a sannyasin. No, of course not. How, how could I possibly say that after all that we've talked about here? And I will be sharing more about my stories in my book in time. When the time is right, maybe by the time you hear this, it will be available. And if you ever meet a sannyasin, you meet a neo-sannyasin, then you can ask, well, what does that mean to you? And what was it like when you first took that step? What was it like just before? What was the difference? What was the before and after effect? You can ask them these things and find out a little bit more about it. 
And you can read more Osho books too. You can hear more Osho talks. Because he says a lot about it. Sometimes even contradictory things. Sometimes things that don't really make sense. And that might just be his way of confusing you, of playing with you for an effect. So as we normally do, I'd like to finish with a few moments of quiet meditation. So if you can, if it's comfortable for you to do so, stop what you're doing. Sit, sit down somewhere. Make yourself comfortable. Close your eyes. Take a few deep breaths. And just take a moment to be still. And let the words and the sounds in your head become quiet and relax your thoughts, relax your body, notice the space that you're in, the air temperature, the air quality, relax your breathing, and just sit quietly for a few short minutes. And that's all I have to say for now.